0: Get ready, Avalanche territory. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans. Denver Sports is your home for the most Avalanche content. Now here's your host, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Evans. Great to have you uh, here with us as we chop up all things Avalanche. Kind of a quiet week for the podcast as the Avalanche in their all-star break as uh, they'll be able to head down to the beach in Florida. Kale McCarr and uh, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen certainly deserving to be there. So uh, congratulations to them and congratulations to the Avalanche for for hanging in there. They go into the all-star break having won seven of their last eight. And I think sort of allowing all of us to just kind of exhale and relax a little bit. And, and knowing that that rough patch that they went through, they came out of it OK. And most importantly, that whatever they go through coming out of the All-Star break, even if it is a little bit uneven, they're still in the back of our mind as fans and most importantly for them as a team, the knowledge that they they have this gear. They have this f- switch they can flip. Uh, they can't they can't <laughs> screw around too much, though. It's it's. It speaks to if you dig yourself a hole in this league, it is difficult to climb out of that hole and climb up in the standings and jump over teams because you look at the Avs. Sure, they won seven out of their last eight. And when they went into this streak, bottoming out with that loss against Chicago, remember, at that point they had fallen to uh, fourth place in their division excuse me, fifth, sixth place in their division. And they were out of the playoff picture. They were some four, six points behind the last wild card team in the Western Conference. So, bit of a hole to dig out of, right? So then they proceed to go on this seven out of eight winning streak. But look at where that leaves them still. It still leaves them, as we uh, sit here right now talking, uh, the Avs are still holding down the final playoff spot in the West. Now, uh, you know they they're 1 point behind Minnesota for third place in the uh, division. They're uh, tied right now with Calgary for that uh, final playoff spot, but they hold the uh, the tie breaker, but it just speaks to how even when you're winning 7 out of 8, it's tough to climb. So, this is a team that coming out of the All-Star break uh, needs to continue to accumulate points. Um that's not exactly a news flash, I know, but uh, the 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 uneven Uh, sloppy choppy hockey that we saw from this team before this winning streak they they can't go back to that I'm not saying that they have to continue to play at a pace where they're winning seven out of every eight but this is a team that's going to have to probably play solid 600 hockey 600 winning percentage 650 uh where you're consistently winning six out of ten maybe picking up a a couple of overtime losses, shootout, shootout wins, that kind of uh, shootout t- uh, losses where you gain that extra point. So it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge uh, the rest of the way. I'm confident that this team will be there. I really do not have any concerns at all about them making the playoffs. I think it really just comes down to, for me, playoffs are a given, barring something catastrophic playoffs are a given. Now it's what what kind of shape are you going to be in? What's the roster construction going to be like so that you're ready to go and make another deep run in the playoffs and make another run at the Stanley Cup. Here here's why I like the Avalanche and their chances. Look, we know their core players are their core players and when when it's time for them to go, they go. Uh, we saw it at the beginning of the season, we saw it during this winning streak. The McKinnons, uh the Rantanens, the McCars, uh they the, the the Nechuskins, the Lekanins, look, this this core is unmatched around the NHL. It just is. I'm not being a homer. I'm speaking the truth. You know it. So I don't have to worry about the core. The best players are going to be the best players, and they're going to play like the best players when it's, when it's most important. I don't have to worry about that. I get to put that in my back pocket feel good about it. Uh, next is the idea that you're going to be getting some guys back, and you're going to get a Josh Manson back and hopefully get a Gabe Landeskog back. More on Landy in a minute, because I I do want to talk about the importance of of Landy. But you're going to get some of these guys back. Uh, Some of the other positives that have come out is that after slow starts, Alex Newhook is coming on. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is coming on. Uh, JT Comfer has been coming on for a while. So as you look to see, you know, especially with the absence now, the loss of Andre Burakovsky of Nazem Kadri, how would these young players, when given a chance, uh, respond? And after a slow start, they're picking up their play. And that will affect and impact just how aggressive do the Avalanche, Joe Sackett, Chris McFarland, have to be at the trade deadline? Do they have to continue to go out and give up future assets, sort of sacrifice the future to try to maximize the window now? Uh, Maybe they will not have to do as much as they were perhaps prepared to do because some of these other players are stepping up. Now, make no mistake, the Avalanche are going to be active at the trade deadline. We've already seen them uh, with the Matt Nieto move. There's more moves coming now. Will they be uh, roster roundout type guys, bottom six forwards? Uh, depth defenseman type guys or will they be significant second line center type guy will they make that kind of a move but uh, if you're looking at the positives uh, seeing some of these other guys step up and make the most of their opportunities finally after a slow start that's a positive Uh, Alexander Georgiev uh, has uh, you know you don't really know yet right we won't really know what we have in this guy until we see him in the the cauldron, the pressure cooker that is the playoffs. But, <laughs> you know, for a lot of teams that have their eyes on the Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup aspirations, there'd be so much talk about the goaltending. But whenever we talk about the Avs, Georgiev doesn't really come out right at the top, does he? It's almost kind of like we're doing right here. It's uh, down the list a little bit. Because why? Because he has proved that you can win a Stanley Cup. They can win a Stanley Cup with less than stellar goaltending. They did it with Darcy Kemper. So there's that knowledge that they can do it. So when it comes to Georgiev, I like what I've seen from him. I'm I'm encouraged. Uh, I won't really know uh, what he can be like until the playoffs actually are here, but I'm confident he'll be good, right? But even if he isn't great, uh, they can still get it done, right? Here's, Here's for me where I think this season kind of hinges a little bit. I think this team, even if Gabe Landeskog weren't able to come back, even if this mysterious knee injury and where in the world is Gabe Landeskog at today, even if... He's not able to come back 100% from it. Even if either he doesn't come back at all, or let's say he comes back, but he's just not game, right? Even if that were to happen, this is still a team that I believe goes to the Stanley Cup Finals. Hey, folks, I've had a a chance all season long to watch the Western Conference just like you have. Nobody scares me. Nobody. I don't sweat anybody in this Western Conference. And I remember last year as the playoffs got started – I predicted that the Avalanche would cruise, breeze, I think I said, breeze through the Western Conference part of the playoffs. And, oh, you can't look over, overlook this team and that team, and, you know, uh, it's the playoffs, and anything can happen. I'm like, relax. The only team out there that can give them any kind of a run is St. Louis, and that proved to be the case, as uh, the Blues extended the Avs um, more than anybody in the Western Conference. And, and the Blues now, the Blues aren't even the Blues anymore, Right. They're probably going to start selling off pieces. Ryan O'Reilly, by the way, you're still welcome here. I would welcome you back with uh, with open arms. But so in the absence of uh, the Blues stepping back, falling back, who's the team? Who's the team? Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not being flippant here. Who is the team in the West that you look at and you say, man, over the course of seven games, I really... Would be worried about the app's chances of beating this team. Who? Dallas, solid team, but again, over seven games. Winnipeg, Minnesota, huh. Seattle, the Kraken—they're—they're going to do that. Um, L.A., Vegas—I I suppose. I suppose there's still a certain built-in respect. For Vegas, but even they feel like a, a shell. It feels like their window has closed. Uh Edmonton, again, same thing. Uh, anybody behind the ads right now, Calgary, no, they just they just haven't put things together. So even if Gabe is not able to to come back hundred percent, I still love, love, love the avalanche getting through the Western Conference playoffs. Just get in. I don't care where they're seated. I, I truly don't. I don't care if they don't have home ice. Uh, I don't see anybody in the conference that I sweat. Now, as far as winning the Stanley Cup, at that point, yes, I believe Gabe Landeskog needs to be whole. Gabe Landeskog needs to be Gabe. Uh and this team needs to be um, firing on all cylinders and have the core back and everybody's back and uh all the the young pieces and new pieces that they add and the goal to I mean it has to be cuz you look over at the East and yeah, you look at teams like Boston, Carolina, uh Toronto, uh boy I'm never going to overlook Tampa <laughs> you know that what they what they continue to do is remarkable so the teams in the east are legit uh whoever comes out of the east will be legit but uh the west yeah, please and I get it there's probably you know Evans don't jinx it don't speak it into existence you're 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 tampering with the hockey gods hey it didn't didn't bother me last year doesn't bother me again this year uh some other things with it when it comes to the Avs. who has been the as mvp for the first part of the season got to be miko rantanen right the moose god he's been good so good talked about this last week on the podcast that under normal years he would be a serious serious threat to win the hart trophy but you know with connor mcdavid being you know stupid numbers um even though it's it's not translating in the in the standings uh he's going to win the win the hart trophy um but moose uh, Miko Randon has been your your MVP. Has there been a disappointment to the first half of the season? Has any player been a disappointment? You know, I was thinking about that on the on the way in this, this morning, and I, I really I really can't say anybody's been a disappointment. I would just say the dis the biggest disappointment of this first half of the season has just been the injuries. Now, I'm not making injuries as an excuse, okay? I'm not a, make you know, blame everything on injuries. But, boy, the amount of injuries, um, it has robbed the Avs of being what they truly, and we know they can be, right? I think we're pretty confident you give this team good health. We know what they're going to be like. So, if you look at where they're at, barely holding on to the final playoff spot. Why are they in that situation? Well, it is the injuries, because I, I think we all agree that if they weren't hurt, then you would be looking at a team that would be probably running away with the conference or, or right there. So I, I I can't really think of a player that has been healthy, has been out there, and has been a, a disappointment. I, I guess the only... I guess the only ones you would look at is you could you could look at some of these younger players and say, "Hey, Alex Newhook, what what's taken so long?" Uh, "Hey, Evan Rodriguez, what's taken so long?" Uh, "J.T. Comfer, you're you're doing you're doing well, but you could do better." Uh, okay, I, I guess I could go there and, and say, you know, some of these uh, younger players, Sammy Gerrard, why haven't you done more? But that that I think would be if you want to call that a disappointment sure okay but it, it it still doesn't really explain why the avalanche are where they're at right now I think we know why they're at right now so I'm really I'm really not uh, disappointed at, at all really with with where the avalanche are at I think the uh, so much of what has happened up until this point is understandable you uh, as a defending champion with a short off season I'm um, I'm sorry, you're just not going to be able to have the same kind of motivation. There's a reason why it's hard to repeat repeat in sports. And when you're facing a long, long season, geez, the, the NHL season just feels like it goes on forever. Baseball season seems feels like it goes by start to finish quicker than a hockey season, and they play 162 games, uh, but it's a long season. And so the the motivation to handle the grind is, is going to be an issue, and we've seen that at times. Add in the injuries... Uh, I think you and understand you understand why they're here, but unless you truly feel that this is a team that's in danger of missing the playoffs, then you shouldn't be worried because as long as they're in, I I don't care where they're seated, <laughs> they are instantly going to be the team that every around everyone around the Western Conference is going to be like, hey, watch out for Colorado. I don't care if they're seated eighth. I don't care if they're seated sixth or whatever. They are scary. And woe to the team that uh, puts up a really good season, regular season, and is a first overall seed or a second overall seed, and they get rewarded with a first-round matchup with the Avs. Ha, huh. good luck with that. So that's uh, that's where we're at with that. One other story, I, I, I guess I'm curious, and I, I'll throw it out there. And just let you think about it. And if you want to respond to me, uh, your thoughts on it, at Mike Evans 1043 or of course you can always hit me up during the course of the uh, Schlereth and Evans morning show on the text line, 303-713-1043, was this uh, uh, note that came out this week that TV ratings, NHL TV ratings are down pretty, down pretty significantly on ESPN and TNT from a year ago. Any explanations for that? I guess that there was so much excitement to have the NHL uh, back on ESPN and there was such a uh, a real commitment to covering the NHL and being able to watch the NHL that, um, you know, people really fired up about it. But uh, I don't know because I, I, I look around the NHL and I guess your your first thought is, okay, how are the teams in the major TV markets doing, right? That, that's what, that's what you go to at first. And so when you look up and you see that, uh, you know, I'll look at the Atlantic conference, uh, Eastern conference, Atlantic division, you got Boston, you know, of course, big original six hockey town. They're, they're doing great. So should be no problem there. Jersey, uh, the, uh, Rangers, uh, you know, not having great seasons, but they're, they're right there in the playoff hunt, Washington, Pittsburgh, so there, there's really no excuse there in the uh, Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, uh, you look at some some traditional teams that are down. But again, other than Chicago, who's sucked forever, uh, you know, all, all the the usual suspects are are there battling for for playoff spots. So I um, I don't know. I, I I don't know. We've got some really compelling stories. The the talent that is out there right now in the NHL is as good as it's ever been. This is kind of a golden age for just uh, unbelievably talented players uh, right now in the NHL. Uh, don't know. Don't really have a theory on it. But the good news is, is as we, we wrap up the football season here and uh, people really start to turn their focus towards uh, the NBA and the NHL, college basketball, March Madness, I think those other sports will have a chance to flourish. There's still plenty of time for the NHL TV ratings to rally. And then, of course, you know, what, what do they have that nobody else has? Uh, only the best playoff of any sport. Yeah, I'll debate that with anybody. Sure, bring it on. Uh, there's there's nothing better than the Stanley Cup playoffs. They deliver every single night, every single game. Uh, whereas in uh, the NBA, you get playoff blowouts. Uh, just look at the NFL, uh, where we had really kind of a lackluster division round. The championship games was a you know Philadelphia-San Francisco game. It became... Just a, a eyesore to watch because of the quarterback issues, and uh, San, uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City had all the controversy about the officiating. wasn't really great, great football. But uh, hockey delivers. Playoffs deliver. They're on for like three months, and there's a there's a lot of drama, nonstop action. So I'm confident that the uh, I guess the true test will be once we get the playoff ratings. Uh, and then we'll be able to compare apples to apples there. The playoff ratings, TV ratings this year as compared to last year. See if there's any kind of a big drop there. Then I guess then, then, then we have something to discuss and a problem for the NHL. But uh, just uh, just something to bring to your attention. Again, if you have any theories, uh, love to hear them. So that'll do it for the all-star edition of the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Enjoy your skills competition and dunk tanks and all that stuff that they have going on. What has happened? I guess allow me a moment to vent and scream at clouds. What the heck has happened to the All Star Games? I mean, really, uh, the NFL is now touch football. The NBA is just—I don't know what that is—and and hockey is just same thing. What's happened to the All Star Games? When I have to pin all of my all-star hopes on the baseball all-star game, that's it. That's the only all-star game I watch. Really? I know. Bad hockey fan. Bad basketball fan. Bad football fan. Hey, man, I I, I could lie to you and and fake it, but uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. So at least baseball still I can – trust that when they play a baseball all-star game it's still basically the game of baseball. I can't say that about anything else. But hey, enjoy the skills competitions. Enjoy watching these guys bring their uh, their talents out cuz what the, what these hockey players can do is just jaw dropping. Their their skill level, their athleticism. So be able to showcase that and enjoy that even though um the actual games aren't uh, aren't really uh, worth watching, but uh, everything else is, is a lot of fun for me. Hey, maybe you love all of it. If that's the case, I'm not here to talk you out of it. Enjoy the all-star weekend. And we'll be back again as the avalanche dive back into their season and uh, really important, right, right from the jump because they got a lot of work to do to to make sure that they a hold on to that playoff spot and improve it and really give us an idea of what they need and don't need uh, when it comes to the uh, trade deadline. And of course, following The progress of the return of captain, my captain, Gabe Landeskog. That'll do it for the Mile High Hockey Podcast. We'll see you again next week.